knowing where you want to get to, know what you need to do, just makes everything clearer because saying yes, saying no to the right things, the wrong things, that's going to make up such a massive part of your progress. Hi everyone, on this episode of the Stay Hungry podcast, Andy and I are going to be talking about motivation versus purpose. Why are you drinking that filth, Joel? I haven't had an energy drink since I was at university. And my mother-in-law brought me this today because she thought it would make me feel better. And uh, just for the listeners, I've got a pink can of Monster. Enjoy what it tastes like? A pink can of shit. Other shit energy drinks are available. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I used, to, I used to do a few energy drinks, I suppose. But when the fan dance, Ollie Ollerton did a massive rant about because everyone's saying about nutrition how do i prepare and massive rant about energy drinks because he says when well, about you get the big hit but then he says you, you get a much bigger crash than like after caffeine um and i've never touched one since yeah you used to you used to love a diet red bull didn't you oh yeah yeah or what's the cheap one that the garages do blue bear or something oh, like yeah. tastes exactly the same but like cost 30p so it can't be that good for your candidate do you feel perkier not really I'm not the perkiest peop of people anyway, am I? Yeah. It's like a new person after his five cans. Bloody hell, yeah. Bloody hell, Joel's perked up. Like that guy interview and he walks in with a can of monster. It's like, this isn't a good start. That's something else, isn't it? If we talked about that on the podcast, someone who Probably basically not. showed up in their pyjamas for an interview carrying a can of monster, and the sceptical side of me would say, he just showed up for his interview so he could collect his doll money. Awful thing to say. But if I drive to the co-op on the business park, um, at lunchtime, all the college kids walk into the co-op will be in pyjamas or joggers drinking cans of energy drinks. It's not uncommon. Yeah. And the fact is he could have walked in with like a cappuccino and I would have had, I know, a different first impression. Um, but then he did say he, he'd uh, kicked his monster addiction and I said, but you've got a can of monster in your hand. He says, oh, yes, you used to have like 12 cans a day. I was like, well. How could you afford that? Well, maybe that was why he was looking for another job. One that paid better. They're like, what would his teeth be like? He didn't smile that much, really. So you know, overall, he didn't get the job. Look, I don't have the best. Messages. I don't have the best teeth, but fuck it out. Anyway, point being, and that Are we that, talk about monster. Well, it's irrelevant. It's 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 our relevant point. Um, Annie was interviewing me earlier for a live Q and A, and uh, I went off on one about motivation because I'm not a big believer in society's version of motivation. I said, I don't wake up every morning, Annie, and bounce out of bed excited to conquer the world of marketing. So, but I have a sense of purpose to deliver for my clients and to deliver on my vision. And so therefore I do it. It's a non-negotiable. But some days I'm not motivated at all. I just get on with it. Um, and I think there's so many people out there that are waiting for that like burst of motivation that like, I think they think that because once one Christmas 300 years ago, they woke up and they were incredibly excited for the day that they should wake up feeling like that every day. And it's just not realistic. It's just not how the world works. Hmm. I suppose I only wake up with Emma, but I think there probably are people out there who wake up every morning raring to go. But I'd say they're very few and far between. But are they motivated in in the sense that 
they've got this like rush of energy or are they full of purpose and so they kind of create it for themselves because like I, I i can see the exact opposite with me i still haven't got enough purpose about going to the gym so i don't necessarily stick to it but there are people out there that do yeah i mean like goggins doesn't love running 50 miles every day or whatever but he does it he does 12 12 miles a day minimum i was watching him i think on the chris williams williamson williams podcast and it's like fucking hell do you believe him yeah i think so because he carries quite a bit of muscle he's very lean but not not like mo farah no he's carrying some some muscle i'm not sure you could if you were running that far every day it, he does. He does that. He does this two hours of breathing and stretching a day. Yeah. He does like an hour something else. So Chris, oh, I wish I could remember his name. The host, anyway, was like the British guy. When do you fucking do anything else? Yeah, the one who's on Love yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm he's listening. Good, he's good podcast. Yeah, I'm listening to his podcast with Peter Tier at the moment. It's really good. All about longevity. Um, and you imagine like he wakes up every morning at three, probably raring to go. But f for me. The children are a big differentiator for a lot of stuff in my life because they're a big motivator for me to go to the gym, for me to run, for me to cycle. And part of that is maybe, maybe like vanity, to be honest, because yeah. I've seen the state of some of the dads at school. And I don't want to be that dad. Um, you, want to be in the, you want to be in the Dilf League. Yeah, basically. That's, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Like, knowing what your girls say, I know that's actually a thing. <laughs> and um, I want to be... Um, I've got to get up and walk the dogs as as you do. And if I am feeling a bit meh or a bit down, by the time I've done my dog walk, I'm ready to attack the day again. Yeah. Um, but whether that's motivation, whether that's... But you're building your own motivation then, right? Well, no one else is going to do it. But I think a lot of people wake up expecting Him. divinity to have blessed them with Heroes motivation. Victims. I think a lot of people now are reading a lot about motivation and about purpose, and about energy, and they're reading, and they're listening to podcasts, they're watching YouTubes about motivation, and they're spending so fucking long getting ready, they never actually do it. Right, okay, yeah. what, what have you actually done then to become more purposeful? See, like you and well, I... Nothing, but I, but I am listening to this great new podcast by about about purposefulness, and it's like, well, but that's you've been talking about... That's, that's the new networking, isn't it? We, we'll go into networking environments now, and people will tell boast to us about what podcast or book they've been listening to slash reading all right yeah but what have you actually done well launching who was i talking to last week maybe it was when i was uh, interviewing george talk about launching a podcast every fucking marketer wants to launch a podcast i say okay well why don't you just launch one oh well, no i'll uh, line my ducks up in a row and i've got to fuck the ducks you can never line ducks up in a bloody row just fucking do it oh yes but you know you've got a roadcast so you got do you know how joe and i started a podcast with a fucking phone we did about 50 episodes yeah. on a phone. There's no excuse now. And I listened to one the other day. We uploaded it to anchor.fm, which was free and might still be now. That's what we did. Oh, yes, but, you know, we've got... Uh, no, no, it's just fucking excuses, which, to be honest, most of our podcasts can probably boil down to lack of accountability, uh, not clear enough why, and a lack of action. That's my, that's my problem with motivation, is it, it lacks accountability. I struggle with the idea of waiting for motivation oh i don't feel motivated so i'll do something else fuck that that's not whereas like 
if I go back to my reasons, my why, my purpose, and go like, well, actually, like for example, real short term ish, short term in my the way I think, Hannah wants to go to Borneo next year. I'd like to go to Borneo next year. See the orangutans, go to the orangutan room. Is that the only place where orangutans are or something? That is what everyone seems to have to say. Sumatra to or Borneo. Borneo, yeah. Really? Yeah. At Chester Zoo. Brilliant. Fucking oh, hell. <laughs> no, seriously though, do, do, do any zoos have orangutans? Chester. Oh, oh well, I was joking about Chester, is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so orangutans aren't, aren't born in Africa or anything? Or? No, you can only get them in Sumatra and Borneo, in Indonesia. I mean, you would have thought, like, in the 1800s, some explorers would have, like, taken a load to, like, pretty much every country in the world, and now there are these colonies of orangutans everywhere. I just don't think they survive because they eat certain plants and live really? in certain trees. That's why the palm oil industry is so dangerous to them. That's, um, that's like um so Pablo Escobar. What's the story with him and him? Was a hippopotamus? Yeah, so there's lo- there's yeah. a colony of hippos in uh, Colombia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but that'd be well weird, wouldn't it? If you were walking through Colombia and came across a hippo, it's like was it, it where you're walking through Argentina and there's apparently some village where they speak Welsh or something? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Mad. So right, okay. So how long's go to Borneo? Yeah, um, Manchester. Fair enough. Like both of us do. But both of our bucket lists to go do. The orangutan rehab centre, and then go into the jungle and see orangutans. Now, our bucket list is very much adventure based. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Some people's is money based. Some people's is relax on a beach. Some people's is care for their family. Whatever. But when I sit here and I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered making those sales calls today, for example, and then I'm like, but that that means I'm one step further away from being able to go to Borneo. That lights me up that sparks me or in your case it might be well i've got the kids school fees to pay or i've i'd like to take the kids to dubai before they're too old to enjoy going with their family or whatever it might be if i sit there and go han sorry borneo's on hold until i get some motivation that that doesn't cut it does it like oh I wasn't feeling particularly motivated today, so I've delayed Borneo by a week, Han. And every time that happens, I'm going to delay Borneo by a week. Or it could be like buying your dream house or renovating your extension or whatever it like whatever ticks your boxes. I can't afford to wait for motivation to catch up with me. I've got too much shit that I'd like to achieve. So, like, I need a way to get myself going. So, so, so what is what is the way? What is your way? How do I get myself going? And, ha- and th- that someone else might be able to do if they're struggling with So I have a massive sense of purpose. Massive, massive sense of purpose. I, I genuinely think that um, with my skill set and, and the things that I've learned and the abilities that I have, that I have a duty to, to help other people grow their businesses and succeed. Okay. And if I'm not doing that, I'm letting myself and the world down. Now, that might sound like massively egotistical, but I don't mean it in an egotistical sense. I mean it in the, the alternative. The alternative for me is to have no sense of purpose, and no sense of purpose is a dangerous place for me. So, have purpose. And do you think some people might struggle with purpose? Because, you know, we talk about red and green tasks. I yeah. talk about it a lot. Someone might want to have to do something to move forward, but ultimately they don't like doing it. Um, so, 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 you know, quickly, a red task is something you've done that you hated doing or it didn't make you money or both. A green task, ideally, is something you love doing and it made you money. So, or moved you towards or, or, yeah, your moved goal. Forward. 
Um, so you think that that's a challenge that some people, the stuff they've got to do, they just, because you love helping people, right? Yeah. Our, our, our purpose is to help here at Cobra is to help people and have fun. Do you think there's people out there who, I don't know, they're working a job they hate and basically they just, to get to where they want, they just got to do shit that just doesn't inspire them, doesn't light them up and they basically won't have any fun doing it? Because um, life's too short not to have fun, surely. No, I do think there is an element in everything that the end justifies the means. So sometimes you do have to suck it up. That's just part of life. Like, if what did your nan say? Was it your nan or your auntie? What's that phrase she said to you as a teenager? Send them all home. <laughs> send, send them back to where they came from. <laughs> not sure. We're not sure that was what you meant. Oh, my mother-in-law. Fucking hell, she's come up with some... I can't even repeat them on this podcast. Watching the coronation. Just some some doozies. And my, my mother, my, my mother, rather my mother-in-law, has, has had some quite opinions about the the range of contestants on MasterChef. That's, 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 I know. Um, if that's all you've got to worry about, like, if you're doing all right. <laughs> um, fuck it, I totally forgot. What, what, what does my nan say? Oh, oh, so no, your nan or some elderly relative years ago when you were a teenager, I think, said something to you that stuck with you all this time about, Life's not supposed to be fun or happy, or life's supposed to be hard. Oh, fuck. Something like that. I don't know. It sounds like something most of my family would say. Life's not supposed to be easy, is it, Joel? You, you turned around to me and said at some point last year, that I was like, fucking hell, that's, 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 that's a lot to carry. Almost like something like really, I was going to say really northern, but that's... They're not northern, but yeah, northern. I know what you mean. Um, well, yeah, I think... And I agree. I don't think you should be a martyr to your cause. I think that's bollocks. Like, because life's too short. You can't, you need to enjoy the journey. But I'm not, like, you and I have both done shit we didn't want to do to get to the stage where we didn't have to do that anymore. It, you Like, sometimes you just have to put the reps in. But on the other hand, if you truly believe in your vision strongly enough, there are things you, you would do to invest in that vision. So that might be, um, like, if you hate maths, if you hate all the receipts and bookkeeping and maths in your business, and you know that you're by getting a bookkeeper that will free you up to generate more revenue or more leads or whatever it might be in your business, you should do it. We talk a lot about that, and um, and I think some people, especially startup businesses, which isn't our our area of expertise obviously we focus on six figure businesses or rather six figure businesses were stuck between six and seven figures yeah because that's a fucking painful point but startup business when you have to do everything yourself and sometimes that's a hard mindset to get out of you just you retain that control even the shit you don't want to do you say well okay you keep moaning about the bookkeeping you're shit at bookkeeping it takes you hours fucking outsource it to a bookkeeper who can do it for i don't know 10 quid an hour and free you up to do the stuff you do. Oh, no, I can't let go of that. I don't want some stranger looking at my book. Well, fuck off then. What can you do? And I've been that person. I've been that person. But you just, you can't operate like that. That is not mm. like operator mentality. Like that's a quite a, a sort of thrown about word at the moment. Like, he's an operator. She's an operator. People who are like, and if you're being the best version of yourself, is the best version of you someone who's going through a shoebox full of receipts and plugging it into QuickBooks? I really would struggle to, to, get motivated and yeah about that and it's the best version of you happy to see you doing that because if they are something's wrong 
where like and it is hard because it does take an element of confidence to go from shit i can make more money doing something else than it's going to cost me mm. to do that task that red task but until you get yourself into that mindset and can frequently switch that mindset on you won't grow like you want to and and, and it took me longer than it should probably five or six years before i really came around to the idea of there's just loads of shit i shouldn't be doing and i need to stop it um yeah, and, and yeah. like we have the team will come in sometimes and be like oh we need this plugin for this website and um it will mean that we can do this this and this like, how much time is that going to save you about three days okay cool go for it oh but it's 49 pounds <laughs> right and i'm like are you fucking joking three days is worth six grand to this business mm. and you're thinking in terms of pounds and pennies like and that but i have to check myself on that behavior too everybody does like I quite like washing my car. It's therapeutic. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, yeah don't we? it's therapeutic. And sometimes when you're in a bad space, that is the best use of your time. But if you're not in a bad space and you've got shit to do, should you really be washing your car or should you pay someone else 20 quid to do it and you crack on? I've got the best of both worlds now. I get my car washed and don't have to pay them. You do have to pay. Well, I suppose so, yeah. An iPhone 14. Far more, I was going to say it's far more expensive <laughs> than. I know. So my friends are like, your your kids have got iPhone 14s. So I'm like, yeah, but we get the cars washed and it's a peaceful life. But yeah, abs absolutely. You know, if well, I'm I'm not the best when it comes to manual labour. Um, I know that. But when it comes to one-off tasks, I can cope with. But it took me a long time to realise if you are repeatedly doing shit that you hate, like and like you rightly said, everyone's got to eat shit as a business owner every day, no matter. I bet Richard Branson has to eat shit, probably a lot less than us mere mortals. But if you are repeatedly doing something that you hate doing, then there will be a better alternative. Um, and I, I struggle. I remember there was a, this really boring report I had to do every month for a client a long time ago. Really, really boring report. Loads of numbers. You'd have loved it. And every month you'd say to me, why don't you get Jenny to do it? And, and I know why. It's because the pain of having to sit down and train up how to do it and the nuances behind it and it's different for this and that. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it, it must have taken me about two and a half years to finally get her to, to, to empower and to train her to do it. And of course, after that is wonderful. Oh, I mean, I've got exactly a situation with some software at the moment. I mean, you had a chat earlier about, oh, would it be too much to get the team to learn it? Of course it wouldn't. Like, but I allowed myself in that moment of like, entrepreneurial control and self-doubt and all those weird shitty things that come in to be like yeah this is too much for the team and it's bollocks like there's teams that have built rockets that have gone to the moon i'm sure our team can cope with a spreadsheet yeah yeah we grab great power comes great responsibility yeah so and we're lucky with our team because let's face it a lot of people they want the power they don't want the responsibility that's common as well that's very common that's, that's rife that's massive. And maybe some of that has to do with motivation and purpose as well. It's like, if you want the growth, then you've got to take responsibility. And it's hard to feel G'd up if your growth is in the hands of someone else. Yeah. You know, you have to, t you have to make the big decisions. You might have to make big decisions quickly. If you can't fucking go to the toilet without having to sense check it with three other people, maybe being an entrepreneur isn't for you. So I, I talked about this on my socials the other day. I don't know. I was feeling inspired or having a fever dream. But um, 
a lot of entrepreneurial decision making, entrepreneurial behavior, being being a boss, being a CEO, is energy management. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can do all of these tasks. Chances are, as the CEO or boss of a owner managed business, you can have a good stab at every task in that business, one way or another. Doesn't mean you should. And it's not just because you shouldn't be laden with red tasks or because um, other people couldn't do it as well as you. It's also because when the shit hits the fan, which can happen on a daily basis mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship, you need to have the capacity and the energy to deal with it. And if you've been sat there going through a shoebox, scanning receipts in into QuickBooks, <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, fuck, six of our websites have gone down and um, two of our clients are on the phone and they want thousands and pounds of compensation and you're in the mindset of someone that's scanning receipts from Amazon, that ain't good. You're putting your business at risk and that's where purpose and motivation really come into play because you might be very motivated to do that admin, but your purpose should be screaming at you that it's the wrong thing to do. So what are the kind of sacrifices involved here? We've always talked about, you know, you you got to sacrifice blame. You can't just be saying it's Brexit's fault, it's his fault, it's her fault, it's bloody Ukraine, it's COVID, whatever. Because mm. um, like you say, some challenges... Although if you ask a car repair company, it is. It's all of those. <coughs> I don't ask for a Tesla update. <laughs> it's not coming. Fucking hell. That's the update, yeah. No no date? No date. Eight months now for the listeners. Are you gonna, what, can you at least upgrade the Skoda? Or you just... I'm kind of like... Used to it. Driving it with pride now, yeah. Bloody hell. wonder what would happen if you just stopped paying your Tesla money. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if I should get to the point where I introduce the insurance to the lease company and be like, this is your fucking problem. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Madness, isn't it? So, um, <coughs> Sacrifices. Yeah. You want to pursue a purpose-driven career. Yeah. What are some of the sacrifices you may encounter and have to overcome? Time and family, big one. Sounds like a dream. <sighs> Less time with them. Uh, me up. Massive on time with family. Um, time with so-called friends. So-called friends? Yeah, because I think, same with family, really, so-called family, <laughs> is that the people that really matter you should make non-negotiable time for but there'll be an awful lot of people that you realize you can no longer make time for. Um, I had a chat with my brother at the weekend, actually. It's like, oh, who are you knocking around with now? And he, he listed off all the people that were no longer in his life. And uh, I was like, well, it's the same for me. Like, it's not unusual. Like, don't don't get wound up about it. Like, people move on. People have shit to do. People have other priorities. And you should too. It's okay. Um, I think... One of the things you need to get used to, which is hard, is upsetting people. And you won't be intentionally upsetting them and you're not doing anything malicious. But because you're not able to give them the same amount of time of day as you did before, they naturally get their nose put out of joint. So when it's that, like, oh, you haven't been very lively in the group chat, for a basic example. So, yeah, I'm a bit fucking busy trying to run a company. Or you haven't... um, you didn't come to the pub this Friday. It's like, oh yeah, well I got caught up at the office and then uh, decided I should go and see my wife or husband or whatever. Those those are the kind of things 
when you're purpose driven, those are the kind of things that suffer. I I was thinking about some of my school friends that were really good to me through COVID over over COVID, obviously, but I was thinking about it over the weekend. And we would like play Call of Duty on a on an evening and chat online to keep each other going because you know a bit miserable and isolated at times. Those guys are still playing Call of Duty and chatting most evenings, but because most I most evenings, yeah, but because I don't they finish the game at some point? Doesn't it end? No, stop acting old. You're not that old. Well, Call of Duty just goes on and on. It's just online. You kill each other. It's team deathmatch, battle royale. So what about the days where you play like Metal Gear Solid and the end point is you kill the big baddie, you've completed the game, right, brilliant. Yeah, but massively multiplayer online games don't work like that. Oh, right, okay. So anyway. Can I sound like a right time drain? Yeah, so the point being, that's their way of relaxing, that's their way of socialising. They have wives? Or, or Your wives and children, yeah. Fucking hell. But that's their way of relaxing, that's their way of socialising. And I made an active choice after COVID that... I can't do that too often. It's too distracting and it will pull me away from my purpose. I would say I'm not in the gang anymore because of that. Yeah, but you probably got a better marriage for it and they might not have. Maybe, well, maybe I can't make assumptions, but um, Bloody hell. that's the sacrifice you make, right? Is that it's like, well, your purpose, like, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but their purpose could be to socialize with their mates at least four times a week on the, yeah. ba on the battlefield. That's not mine. So my sacrifice is that some of those people might not want to be friends with me anymore. Um, and you have to be all right with that. And the whole society probably screams at you that that's not okay because we're all meant to be mates and yada, 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 and WhatsApp chats and Facebook groups and yada, yada, yada. I read somewhere that the average bloke in his 50s um, has two friends. Who's your other one? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I'm 29, Joel. But I was thinking, though, I was thinking, hmm. You know, back in the day, believe it or not, when I was like a student or working in London, any night of the week, I could look in my phone, my address book, and I'd have dozens of people I could call, meet up for a beer. Chances are, on I mean, the landline. There were pubs around the West End that I could walk into, and I would You'd know, know two or three people I in there. would know people there. But those days, are long gone. I was quite directionless, I suppose. I had a, had a good job, but I was never really career-minded. I just liked having a laugh, which is which is fine. And some of my friends are still doing that now. But, I'll, well, I say friends. They're people I'm connected to on Facebook, but they're not friends because we just haven't got that big thing in common. When, when you're with a bunch of friends who love, say, going out, drinking, dancing, having a good time, that is a massive commonality. You take that away because I'm now married with kids and running a business... Yeah, I don't want to be in a club at two in the morning. Oh yeah, I mean I've I've got I've got a close mate who's quite recently had a kid and he's like, Oh don't worry, I won't be like everyone else. When when the kid comes along, I'll still be around. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Theory. Ah, that's a wonderful and, wonderful thing. I don't 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 begrudge him it. His priority should be that kid. He chose to have it. That's like but it's uh Yeah, like Yeah, priorities change, purpose changes. Um, it makes me laugh when we were doing NCT classes before Maddie came along, like antenatal classes. There was a couple there, and the, the wife in this couple was like, When my kid comes along, it's not going to change anything in my life. 
And me and Emma like sniggered a little bit. I think she heard us. It's like these people who enter the lottery and say, if I win the lottery, my life's not going to change. It's like, well, why the fuck are you doing it then? Why the fuck are you having a kid mm. then? Um, and yes, unfortunately, when the kid came along, and funnily enough, babies don't do what they're told, so they don't understand, her life became very different, as did everyone's uh, lives as a new parent. But the people that knew that was coming were okay with it. This woman really yeah. struggled. And she thought her life was going to stay the same. Much like I can't, I, I mean, I can have a stab at it, but I can't comprehend what being a parent is like. Not really. Because not a parent. Don't enjoy having one in freedom, Joel. Don't do it. But people who've never had a business can't comprehend what it's like to have a business. They just can't. And, like, I can't really comprehend now what it would be like to be employed. I, like, my brain doesn't fire like that. And hard. hard. Like when you really follow in purpose, and purpose is also what makes you your living, that's quite motivating. Like, it's... It, but I think it's hard for people who have what they believe is their purpose, but they haven't monetized it. So, so it comes with financial instability. So, guy. Yeah. So it's that like, I want to make the world a better place, but I'm not willing to fully invest in that for whatever reason. Not, maybe, not willing is probably a bit harsh. Not able mm. to fully invest in that. Therefore, I have to work a nine to five to fund my passion. And I, that is tricky. That is because the motivation to do the nine to five then is harder because there's, there's two layers. And I, like some people, that must be brutal where it's like, oh, I don't know. I feel really passionate about the sea eagles off the coast of Scotland. It's like, but there's no jobs in protecting sea eagles off the coast of Scotland. So I work in Tesco nine to five and every weekend I drive up to Scotland and... Mm check their nests it, like that that's another level again isn't it of like people who are like willing to sacrifice and well my, my wife's a bit like that she'll go and count birds every bloody weekend for no money and i'm just like why yeah it's it's so i god it's hard, it's hard. i know so many fucking patronizing parents um who obviously as a parent think they're the best parents in the world but Anything that detracts me from spending time with Emma and the kids or helping people through code break and getting financially rewarded for doing so, it makes my decision a lot easier, yeah. which means some of the work maybe I used to do that was more charitable, not the what Hannah's doing charitable, but you know what I mean, going and doing, you know, ringing birds or bloody helping on mm. whatever I be. That has suffered in my life because it doesn't... Serve your purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is really weird. It's like, right, I can do this, but it's going to take me away from Emma and the kids. So should I do it or not? And for me, that has to be a big decision. Even like, you know, so we're part of an awesome mastermind and it involves basically two days away, one night away. And of course I do it. And I do it. I love it. I love meeting up with the people. But it's still something I have to take into account that... Every couple I, of months, you're away. I'm leaving Emma and the girls, and I, yeah, you know, try not to sound sexist. I don't, don't like leaving them in the house on their own. I like, I like to be there, um, but it does make saying no easier. And you talked about that earlier. Some people they say yes too often, and they struggle getting any close to their goals. Well, when you know your purpose, when you know your values, it makes it a lot easier what to say no and yes to because I. Does what I'm being asked to do, or does this person who wants my time 
do they align with my purpose and values? Mm. And if the answer is no, well, don't fucking do it then. So, oh, can I just pick your brains? Uh, no. Um, can I have a meeting about this? Qualify them? No, they're unqualified. No. Whereas you know, before the old days, fuck me, I'd drive 50 miles to go and see someone who might want a bit of marketing doing. Yeah, yeah. And and that's totally my fault. I'd, my I'd argue now that you'd lacked purpose then. Yeah. That, that you were like, oh, this is a good thing. It'll grow the business. And that was as far as the yeah. thought went. Yeah. I did the same. So it's mad. Mad now when you think about, you know, we, we know we're a lot older and wiser now, but time really is the currency of life. And and that, the two hours driving, the meeting time, the time, obviously sending a proposal, pop it on email, all that bollocks. Okay. Well, that's five hours I could have spent, frankly, with my children. It's five hours I could have spent better helping someone who's already paying me money. It's five hours I could have mm -hmm. spent better qualifying a prospect. Or it's five hours I could have spent on my arse watching telly with my girls. Which is um, time well spent in your version of yeah, purpose, right? Absolutely, absolutely. One of my things this year, like resolutions, whatever you want to call it, is saying no more often. Um, That's on your list every year. <laughs> I'm going to fucking do it this year, though. I'm going to do it this year. You say um, no to me all the time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Um, so, so how, how do you, um, what, what sort of tips have you got for staying motivated and overcoming some of the setbacks people might have on their, um, on their growth journey? So I have setbacks every day and I expect them. And that's a massive mindset shift for most people to be like, expect to get punched in the face every day. And when you expect it, it doesn't hurt as much. And <laughs> That might, sound, that might sound a bit morbid, but... That's probably why we, we don't get pissed off anymore when suppliers don't do what they said they would, because that... We, yeah, the clients don't live up, live up to what they said they were. Um, staff will let you down. I mean, our guys are really good, but... Team. Yeah, team, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I'll drop a clanger. Like, setbacks happen all the time, but the big one for me, setbacks used to really drain me of my energy. They used to, like make me feel shit and I doubt myself and oh, for fuck's sake this is such a slog oh wouldn't it be easy to get a nine to five all the fucking dark thoughts start coming in and now I'm like okay so what have I learned from that and that's about as far as I let let that level that trail go right that was tough what have I learned and it's just been life-changing to to be like right expect setbacks that's normal and then how do you so how would you how would you explain sort of expect setbacks but without being negative shall we say pessimistic okay or is it always or is a healthy dose of pessimism a good thing um so i think i think i used to be very pessimistic so to expect the worst and that's not the same as expect now i expect a good outcome but with some challenges along the way and it is different there is a, a minor difference so someone who's uh, preparing to climb Everest, if they didn't expect setbacks, they wouldn't bother taking oxygen tanks with them. That's fucking mental. So they take all the gear for bad weather, they take extra oxygen tanks, they take a spare tent cover or what? Oh, yeah, I don't know what you take to Everest, but you Did see... you watch that documentary? you see my point? Not that one, no. The, um, um, the, the clean liquid yeah. company guy. Uh, Spencer Matthews. Yeah, amazing. but they expect, those people expect setbacks. They go into a challenge with their eyes open. The overly optimistic people would be like, I'm going to go up there barefoot and everything's going to be fine. That's insane. 
and overly pessimistic people would be like, I'm not even going to go out there because I know I'll die. Mm. Um, I, I think that kind of dose of realism has actually really changed my life for the better as opposed to me like feeling like I'm grinding through pessimism and forcing myself to do something. Now I'm like weirdly looking forward to some of the challenges that get thrown at me. Like I, I'm going to the States on Thursday. I don't know if I mentioned. Uh, I'm going on my own. And for the first six days, I won't know a soul. And I like one of the things that I genuinely really struggle with is sparking up conversation with people I don't know. That is going to be a challenge, but it's a challenge I've got to overcome. And I'm quite looking forward to yeah. it. Why have I got to overcome Why is it? A challenge you got to overcome. Uh, is it clear on what you want from it? Yeah. So I, I, I undoubtedly want to network and meet meet new people and. Um, I'm working on my personal brand like mad. Want to get my name out there more and more and more and more. Can't do that if you don't speak to people. <laughs> and but speaking to people's hard. Even people like us who do podcasts and stand on stage and write books. Actually speaking to people and being interested and engaged and listening to what they have to say and absorbing it and then asking them another question is fucking hard. How will you know who to speak to and who not to? Who to carry on speaking to and who not? Who's the best looking and who's going to get me the most chips for the poker table? No, write that down. Because um, you talked about so, saying no and saying yes, right? There are some yeah, people. There's different. There's different things with this. So uh, anyone that's serving you, taxi driver, hotel receptionist, uh, masseur. Yeah, I think I think a good skill is to find out their first name and address them by it and be grateful and show gratitude uh, and they're people worth talking to because they know everyone else so it's the people that connect everyone that are the ones worth getting in with so taxi drivers are a really good example of that and hotel receptionists and the person in charge of the blackjack table or whatever it might be the connectors in life are, the, are really good um, the ones that are that are a drain on you quite quickly, you'll recognize them straight away because they'll either say something negative in the first couple of sentences or they'll ask something of you before they've earned the right to. I do find it funny at events, you always meet someone who moans about how shit the event is. Yeah, within two sentences of speaking to you. Or they'll moan about how busy they are. They're, for me, they're two alarm bells, early doors, okay. where they'll they'll ask you how business is. You'll, you'll give a modest answer like, very British. Oh, I'm ticking along, thank you. And then, how about you? Yeah, really fucking busy. Oh, fuck off. Like, just like, you're meant to be busy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come up with a better answer. So, they're the, they're the people I avoid. Now, I'm, I'm going to VCon in America, which is a, a Web3 conference. And if you don't know that world, it's very negative at the moment because stocks and shares and crypto and nfts are in a bear market and and people are whingy but all of those people are very short termists and i don't want to talk to the short termists i want to talk to the people that want to talk about what they plan to do in five years 10 years 15 years so if someone starts talking to me about what they've just bought because they're hoping to flip it in the next month that's another alarm bell for me and i, I find that in business too that you you bump into these people who are like Oh, January was a tough month. What? Like, All the people who um, who always say to their clients that it's going to be a, 
a long-term service. You go and see results straight away. And yet when it comes to their marketing, they want their business to dominate yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. That. We get that a lot. People, yeah, because so breaking through from six figures to seven is a challenge. But it, the solution doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, seven-figure seven, seven figure businesses yeah. don't think in weeks and months. They think in years yeah. and decades. Yeah. And, and it is hard because um, I, I've just mentioned before, I listened to a lot of Alex Hormozzi. He employed a videographer. He said, I want to shoot content with you and see how we get on because I've got a long-term vision. And, and the videographer said, okay, well, when do you want to look at reaching engagement? And he said, well... Uh, we've got to give this at least 12 months before I can see if you've, if you've got the style right and if you settled into it. And he's like, well, then what will happen? And he was like, well, we'll only know how you're getting on to start with then. And I'm like, bloody hell. Like the, his time horizon was you've got 12 months to find your feet. Yeah. And then uh, he said, and then across the next five years, I'd expect to see some results. It's like not many people would. Do you think we want to get rid of that employee after a fortnight then? Well, yeah. If you turn around and said, well... <laughs> Turns out you don't know how to use a camera. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know. yeah. And so, how? Um, so, so more tips for staying motivated. Because obviously, we talked a lot about challenges, setbacks. Um, you, you will get let down. Yeah. Um, I mean, does it all come back to to our oft-used quotes, "Where your attention goes, your energy flows"? Because I say we're both in such a. I'm not saying it's certainly not blasé. But we both had to deal with some shit, like a lot of people. And it's so, it doesn't just bounce off me now, but whether it's compartmentalization or what, I can just put it to one side, focus on what matters. Whereas before, maybe just in pre-pandemic, say three, four years ago, all it would take is from, I don't know, some snotty email. And all evening I'd be sat there stewing, even when I was with the children and Emma Maybe I'd struggle to sleep that night. Whereas now, it's always like, fuck them, I'll deal with it in the morning. Or whatever it might be. And does that come down to just, well, I know what to, I know what I should be giving attention to. I'm clear on my values and purpose. So again, if it doesn't fit within that those parameters, just it, it ain't, it ain't going to affect me. Usually. Usually would be the honest answer. I think um, no one's at their best when they're tired or hungry. <laughs> that's, that's true. So, I think if I haven't slept well, or everything we've just talked about, everything about staying on purpose, staying focused, becomes way harder if I haven't slept well. Just naturally, the it's, demons start to nibble away at it. Is it just that this podcast I was listening to, and it was talking about sleep? Uh, and off, uh, and usually when you talk about sleep, someone always pipes up and says, "Oh, um, Ronald Reagan only needed." three hours a night margaret thatcher only needed three hours a night and, and they achieved quite a lot whether you agree with their politics or what and then this the this sleep expert said yes but interestingly those two people you mentioned they both struggled heavily later on in their life with dementia now there's no you can't directly say that's why they had it but it's just interesting to think oh okay and, and this book i read about sleep it's like fucking hell that that has to be a non-negotiable for me now i'm all for getting up at five in the morning but only if you're prepared to go to bed at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need. Yeah, just because of what the physiology of what it does to your brain. You literally. You say why? Damaging yourself. So yeah. on average now, we, we're bombarded with like 74 gig of information a day, which pre electricity was the amount of information someone would absorb in their lifetime. Yeah, so That's I. That's mad. So this is interesting, right? 
the dopamine hit someone would get from going to see a live pianist in 1930 is the same as the amount of dopamine you will get in your entire lifetime. Say that again. The dopamine hit someone would get from going to see a live pianist in 1930. Just one, one right? In one, in, like the joy that they would feel from witnessing that is the same as you'll get in your entire lifetime. Fuck what, because it's so diluted now. Because, we, all yeah, our attention's so spread and we're so bombarded. that. Where'd you read that? I heard it on a podcast. They were, talk, they were talking about, like, how much joy's been sucked out of our lives. So they lived very simple lives, but then you go and see something, like so someone special, playing a piano, yeah. and it would just be, like, unreal. Where now, we're constantly fed stuff. Fuck which is know. another reason to stay on purpose. Fuck, you know. I mean, you know, one of the biggest challenges I have with my girls is those those, those little dopey... Keep, keeping them excited and engaged about stuff... Trying to educate them on the difference between happiness and fulfilment. About you know, so so you know, Maddie wanted that that keyboard that lit up when she was doing her gaming. It's like some earrings. Yeah, she got the iPhone 14 now. And so like, okay, you're excited about the iPhone 14. I want to give that to you. Just remember, in a couple of weeks' time, it will just be a phone. It'll be a fucking cool phone. But it'll just be a phone, and it will have nothing that you won't be any more or less happy then than you are now and you've got to understand that i think it's getting through but it's so hard now with teenagers where even though deep down they know that what they see on instagram isn't always a reality where they're constantly bombarded with oh so and so's got a six pack and they're in dubai again and they're driving the fry all that kind of shit is going on all the time and without sounding like a total old fart i'm glad i grew up in that pre-internet age where simple things that my kids laugh about now about how i used to meet up my friend at, at virgin records and we browse the vinyls and maybe buy the new guns and roses ep or whatever they're just like i just fucking go on spotify in my pants in bed and and, and see, like, yeah see i've really in, like i'm in your camp here i've really enjoyed the vinyl revolution because it's like or renaissance or whatever we want to call it because it's made me appreciate music again, whereas it, music could become very disposable. Just stick a playlist on, sounds all right, that'll do. And now... Oh, oh God. So coming back from the cinema, Maddie put on a playlist, obviously on Spotify in the car, and half the songs, just press the button, fast forward, fast forward. And it's like, why aren't we listening to that song? I don't like that one. Why is it on your playlist, then? Yeah, and you've only had 20 seconds of it. You've put vinyl on, chances are you can't be asked to get up off the sofa to go and change over. So you have to listen to that side of music you were listening to. But that's also, also then you understand the story of the album and so you appreciate music in a different way mm. and I think that the purpose becomes different, bringing it back to the purpose of Maddie listening to music in the car on the way back is to curtail her boredom for the 35-minute drive home. The purpose of sitting and listening to a vinyl for an hour in your living room is, is almost the the guy in the 1930s going to watch The Pianist, isn't it? It's that like... Okay, that's mad, isn't it? So, closing on this, what would be useful for our listeners in terms of their own motivation and purpose? Like, What would be your one takeaway for someone who's struggling with getting up in the morning? So, for me, so much comes comes back to attention. So, always saying... Our coach is always telling us where your attention goes, your energy flows. If you are giving too much attention too regularly to the wrong things and the wrong people, 
you will struggle with motivation. You will struggle with energy. You'll you'll struggle with a lot in your life. Yeah. Because you'll sit back at the end of the day and think, have I done what I need to do? No. Have I spent time with the people I want to spend time with? No. And that's how you go to bed. Yeah. And even if you have a good night's sleep, chances are you'll wake up thinking, oh. and sort of how you wake up and how you how you go to bed are obviously so linked. But like I say, if you're if you're pissed and only getting four hours sleep and like, well, of course you you're gonna struggle with motive. I'm not this isn't a fucking temperance rant. But you've got to wake up in a good space. But I think, yeah, knowing knowing where you want to get to, know what you need to do just makes everything clearer because saying yes, saying no to the right things, the wrong things, that's that's going to make up such a massive part of your progress. And because we talk all, you know, about marketing, about listen to this podcast and, and watch that YouTube video, knowledge is just 20% of, of, of your struggle, your challenge, your growth. The other 80% is the fucking implementation. So this is what it. you've got to do to stay on purpose. Are you with me or not? And what, not you, a, and, and not what a, you've got maybe. to sacrifice. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, what you like say some of the friends we don't see anymore. That's a sacrifice we have to make. There's very few people. There's very few people in my life though, who I care what they think, and that's taken oh, a long time to get. Hell, that's a whole podcast, isn't it? Yeah, the fear of what others might say, the fear is what of what people will say, the snipes. Even like the people I respect in our world, like high up in our world, I don't give a shit what they think because they're not they're not doing what i'm trying to do and that's that's where purpose gets really interesting when you really know your purpose you no longer care what other people think yeah that's that's difficult when it's friends family but that's probably why you end up with close friends and maybe see less of certain members of your family no, i just don't share it with yes. my family anymore what are you up to i don't I, yeah. like I don't, I don't go home and ring ring my mum and and sort of say oh yeah i'm trying to build um, the most successful marketing agency in the world. Uh, I'm probably going to take over Shrewsbury Town and um, going to help my wife buy her own zoo. She'd be like, "Right, we're having you committed." <laughs> so, <laughs> life is supposed to be easy, Joel. So, it's supposed to be hard and shit. People who are hungry and want to want to crack on with their purpose, what should they do? Yeah, book a one-to-one session with us here at Codebreak HQ or over Zoom if you want. Um, simply apply via Codebreak.co.uk. Thanks for listening to the Stay Hungry podcast and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Now, if you're looking to sort your marketing out, visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today. Hold up. 